Either she homeless or she got problems. That's the only reason why she run to a black man. I like him already. Now you wanna get nuts? Come on! Producer, director, writer, he is the ultimate filmmaker and bona fide foodie. You're listening to The Quintus Factor with Michael J. Arbaway. Hello, my friends. Greetings, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Quintus Factor. I'm your host, Michael J. Arbaway. That word, Quintus, it's Latin. What does it mean? Adriana, please give them the definition. Quiditas, Latin, the whatness of a thing, the essential nature of something, the quality that makes a thing what it is. Yes, quiditas is the whatness or essence of a thing or person. And in this episode, episode number one of season five, yes, we are going to be doing our Halloween um, episode. This week is Halloween. So, you know, as Halloween comes upon us, we couldn't be more excited, but we're getting ready to decorate with our pumpkins, we're doing our costumes, we're decorating outside, but to truly put us into the spooky spirit, we need to talk to past guests that I've had on the show that have that kind of Halloween vibe, and they've all done really cool horror films. So we're going to recap some of my favorite moments with Christina Cleave, who was in Rob Zombie's Halloween, and then we're going to take it back over to Tina Krause, who is... As you know, the scream queen of everything. Um, she's been in like over 30 horror films. And we'll be going over some of our favorite moments in her career. And we're going to cap it off with uh, one of my good friends, uh, Joe Zazzo, who is also in the horror genre. And he, he's very spooky looking, but in reality, he's a great guy. So, you know, that's the Halloween episode that we're going to be doing this week. So let's start off this show with a creepy quote by Stephen King, and that quote is this, We make up horrors to help us cope with the real ones. Isn't that true? <laughs> and so without any further ado, please welcome to the show uh, Christina Klebe, uh Tina Krause, and John Zazzo. Hey, Christina, how are you doing? Hi. Hello. So you've been acting for many, many years. And, you know, one of your most famous roles that you're known for is Rob Zombie's Halloween. Can you tell me in the audience about working on that project? Um, so I was I was visiting California, actually, at the time. My manager was in New York. Um, he got me the audition for the untitled Rob Zombie project. And um, I remember I went in like right before Thanksgiving to audition for it. And I came back to New York in between because um, I wasn't really sure yet if I wanted to live in L.A. or not. And over the holidays, I decided, you know, I'm going to actually move to L.A. I'm going to make this official. And about like two weeks after I moved to L.A., I got I got the role, which was, I mean, practically unheard of. You know, like that just doesn't happen to most actors. It was extremely lucky. I obviously did a good audition. You know, I mean, I think you you are count like it's not, it should be a given that you do a great job in terms of your acting, right? Like you're not, you're only going to get a, like a, I don't think you're going to get a lot of chances if you're not doing a good job at all. Right. So, but then you have to be lucky, right? Like you have to either look like the part they want, or you have to, you know, not be too tall and not be too short. I mean, it's like such a, such a subjective profession. So it really was super lucky, you know, that, 
that I got that that part. Um, and yeah, that's really, but I just auditioned for it. Just like any old audition, they sent the tape to the director, Rob Zombie, and he liked it and then he cast me. Um, it was awesome. I actually was just, because I've been going through all these old photos, I've been finding all these old photos from set. And I'm like, these are so cool. Just me like hanging, chilling with Rob Zombie on, on set, you know? Um, he's, he's super cool. He's a, I think he's a great director. I think he has great taste in actors. I'm not saying that for myself. I just really love all the actors that he has, that he always uses in all of his movies. You know, he's always using the same actors, um, like Lou Temple and Ken Foray and, um, Bill Mosley. Those are the three that come to mind. Tina, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's kind of funny. I mentioned earlier before that you did over 30 films. You, you've done like 100 films just in horror, and I think you're, you're up to about 130 films to date. And to call you just a scream queen is ridiculous because you're also a poet. You're a director. You're a producer. Um, you're a sculptor. You're an artist. You're, you're, you've done everything. But uh, the audience and I would like to know, how did you get your start doing horror films? God. So... A long time ago, I was dating this guy, and he was really big into conventions, and I had never been to a convention in my life. However, he would watch horror movies all the time. Um, he had these tickets, and we broke up, so I decided my little sister wanted to get a Jason mask, I believe. So I looked up this so-called chiller convention. You hear me? So-called chiller convention. Huh? Right? <laughs> I looked that up and I was like, well, I guess this is where we're going to get your mask. And uh, I never gave him back the tickets because fuck him. And uh, <laughs> I took my sister to get this Jason mask. And in the midst of it, that's where I met Sal and Gary. And that's where I got introduced. Oh, Sal, Gary, and Avery. And that's where I got uh, introduced to Wave Productions. And then from there, it was that schlocky horror, which, you know, after a while, it, I mean, that stuff introduced me to other stuff and other stuff and other stuff and da-da-da, hence the Scream Queen. Mm -hmm. But I wound up doing a lot of B stuff, a lot of B uh, films and whatnot. And then from there, I wound up doing some other major stuff you know uh and then directing my own film and finally joe how are you doing good it's been i mean despite all the madness in the world it's been uh it's been pretty good actually i mean it's been i've been busy but since lockdown was released last may it's just been between this you know work and all different things it's just been busy busy like we need vacations but where can we go i know so true i'm so glad that everything is opening up and everything's starting up and you know, we're starting to work again. It's just great. So this is the Halloween episode of the Quidditch Factor Season 5. And uh, the audience and I would like to know, I mean, I know because I've known you since high school, but how did you get your start in horror as a horror actor? First, being acting, big man. <laughs> Most of it, I did a lot of plays at the time. It was, um, that's where I got the bigger ones. I think it was, it was plays like... Um, there was uh, Charles, if you know, the famous act, uh, actor or playwright named Charles Bush. And he wrote a comedy called Red Scare on Sunset, which they were doing on Long Island, where I lived at the time. And I had never met the man at the time. And I had a big part in this play called Red Scare on Sunset in 1993. And um, 
that was fun. I had been in this other thing called I Hate Hamlet, which got terrible reviews like the original Broadway version, but it was the beginning, but it was a big part. And it was kind of like, oh boy, what am I getting myself into here? <laughs> you know, it was nerve wracking and yet people criticizing you. And it was like a, be- a nervous beginning, but that was the beginnings of it. And years later, I did a, a Charles Bush play with the real Charles Bush himself called Cleopatra. And that was fun to do. And that was to me, that was really being put to the test because I felt like I had actual real critics out there watching and diehard fans of his that I felt like I was being, you know, I, I knew I had to give them 500% because it's like, there's nothing else you can do. You could do to be better. But that was, those are the, 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 I would say the big parts and everything else has been big parts in indie horror films along the way. So it was kind of uh, doing them in Germany and England and Italy and co-producing a lot of them. So I met a lot of characters along the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I miss it. But at the same time, it's kind of like it, it, they, they have a saying. They said it was good, but it's good that it was, <laughs> and so to speak. <laughs> you know, Joe, I think you're being a little bit modest and you're not really thinking about the time back then, because for those of you listening at home, this is way before cell phones or even smartphones. Nowadays, people can make a movie with an iPhone. But back then, you had to have a certain amount of skill. You had to have a certain amount of equipment to put, produce these movies. And, you know, you were producing a movie, you know, almost like every year during the early 90s. I guess just from doing so many horror movies and meeting other filmmakers who would say, hey, I saw you in that movie. I'm making a movie. Would you like to be in it? Sure. And it was like one of those, like it became everybody's sort of leading man in all these, you know, varying quality movies, but it was fun. It was the sci-fi ones. It was always a werewolf. In like three different movies, I was the devil, the devil's uh, bodyguard, the devil's secretary, the devil's son. <laughs> and it was just, you know, I mean, none, I mean, as, as much as I'm proud of all the things that none of these movies are ever going to get anything like an Oscar, <laughs> but they were fun to do. And just, I think, and I never became rich off any of these movies, but I will say that the anecdotes alone are worth their weight in gold. It was just the, the experiences, the people have met, the philosophies, the, I think, if I was going to play another role, I'm, I'm very ready just because I've absorbed so many personalities and so many people and so many experiences. It just, uh, you know, I, I could do a very, very genuine job now knowing and having so many life experiences along the way. I know I've asked each of you this question before. I'm going to ask it again because I think it's just so cool that you all have been doing acting for so long and people just love 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 you especially in the horror genre so i'm going to start off with you christina what's the one thing that acting did for you that you didn't expect it opened i mean i never thought that i would be acting in horror movies or that i would be like a part of that that world and being like in this iconic horror movie i never watched horror movies growing up i never was like into them and i feel like a lot of people have like a prejudice against horror movies they're like oh they're so bad for you or or same like with video games, right? Like they're the incite violence. So I guess in a weird way, like I kind of never thought I would be in that world. And I've met so many nice people and so many actually really kind, some of the kindest people, especially in the business, I think are working in horror movies and the fans are just so kind and really like different, I know this sounds so stupid, but it's like, you think they're like all these goths, you know, like really angry, like horror fans. And I'm like, most of them are just the nicest people. Like, mm-hmm. I, so I, I think again, that's like always like, you can have these pre 
suppositions about like what a certain group of like, you know, fans are and like, like sci-fi fans are. And I just think, you know, so that's something that I open my eyes to in, in acting. Now, Tina, you told me a while ago, a very interesting story about what acting did for you that you didn't expect that involved your parents. Can you tell me in the audience a little bit about that story, uh, about that acting moment and the reaction that your parents had? Um, I had done a film called Salvation by Blood, and it was very graphic, mm -hmm. uh, bloody. It crossed the line on so many levels. And it was, it was a little sexual without being outright sexual. But the sexual part of it was very... Um, so basically, I rape a 17-year-old kid and kill him for, due to satanic ritual. Wow. Okay, but the way it was done was just really like, and I had warned them. Um, I they were coming to the screening, and the acting was really, really good. I've, I've gotten a lot of, I actually got a lot of roles from it. Um, but I had warned them it might be stomach wrenching, and my mom hates that shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> As any mother would, I understand. But you know, hey, look, this is acting. You don't get to always pick your roles, and some of those roles are the ones that land you the big jobs, mm -hmm. you know, depending on how well you do. Right. So I, so the director is a friend of mine, and he had really, really made me study. He really wanted the crazy, absolute fucking like toasted beyond toasted so uh i said okay i said i'll give it my all you know just saying it, it could get very bad and it was um <laughs> <laughs> and so to the screening i had to warn my parents and i was like so you before you sit down and say i'm gonna warn you that this is this is the scene it's a rape scene. It's very graphic. It's very violent. Very. And it's very, it may be disturbing. Wow. And it's like, so I'm warning you up front. I was like, you can do, you could, you could do three, you could do a couple of things. I'm like, you can stay and hate me. You can stay and accept it. Or you could leave now and, you know, just, I understand I wouldn't be mad, right? But what you can't do is walk out in the middle of the screening because that is so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> it won't be taken very well. <laughs> so make your choice. <laughs> so they decided to stay and saw it. So at the end of the movie... Right. And of course, I'm nervous as hell. The rap party is out there. Right. And I'm like, shit, I have to, you know, at least see where my parents stand right now. Right. So I'm like walking over and uh, I'm like, uh, do you guys want to go to the rap party? And I just remember my mom's face. It looks so disappointed, like pissed off. Right. And she leans in and she goes, you did a very good job. And then, and then she's like, we're only staying for one drink and then we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask the same question of you, Joe. Uh, what's the one thing acting did for you that you didn't expect? When they say in acting, the best thing to do is to be honest, to be, be completely, you know, open. And that's a thing that's very hard to do because of, especially when you're first starting out, 
you're, you're worrying about, you know, just like your image and where you stand in your lives, but to actually just like kind of reveal your soul. And that's one thing I find more and more is that you find it brings out yourself and brings out your real emotions. And it has done that for me. And I think that's, that's what acting has done is it helps me get in touch with real emotions that you would normally keep them kind of, you know, guarded. And, you know, I don't know if it's so much as, you know, getting older about such, but I think that is, the way I am as an actor now versus the way I was like when I was 24 is very different. I would have a different approach to everything now altogether. It's like, you just, you just want to come in and just be purely honest. It just, no matter what the part is, it's just, that's, that's your one goal. Not, you know, not, not so much. How do I look or am I in the light or am I in the right March? That's, that's your one mission. So I think it brings out honesty. Wow, thank you guys. So before I end this episode, this very special Halloween episode, I think it's only fitting that I share with you, the audience, my three favorite horror films of all time, the ones that really scare the crap out of me. Let's start with The Omen, 1976, directed by Richard Donner. That film really scared me. Um, even now, I can't watch it again because it just seems like, you know, maybe because I went to Catholic school, it really touches a nerve, which is probably why um, that movie scares me so much. The next movie on my list is, of course, the horror classic, the 1980 film, The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick. That movie just messes with my mind because it could be so real. And anything by Stephen King is just crazy. So I'm going to put it out there. Any movie by Stephen King or written by Stephen King or based on a Stephen King film or book, I should say, really scares the crap on me. But The Shining is number two on my list. And the number one pick for the film that scares the absolute living crap out of me, 1973 film directed by William Franken, and that is The Exorcist. I don't know if it's because of my Catholic uh, upbringing or going to school, but that film just scares the crap out of me. I remember when I was in 6th and 7th grade, I asked one of the priests if that was real, and they told me it was, and that just scared me. So um, check out those three films for this Halloween season if you want to sit up late at night and scare yourself silly uh as far as the films that the get my guests have been in let's start with both tina kraus and joe zazzo they're both in a movie called nikos the impaler which is you know it's a b-rated horror film but it's still pretty cool and it's scary and gory and check that out and of course if you haven't seen it by now check out christina klebe and rob zombies halloween uh, so those are the picks of my guests, the films you should see. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can you take us out? Hi, Christina Cleave here. I'm Tina Kras. This is Joe Zazzo, and you're listening to The Quidditas Factor. Thank you for listening to The Quidditas Factor. I'm your host, Michael J. Arboway. Before I let you go, please check out my website at www.mikearboway.com. That's M-I-K-E. A-R-B-O-U-E-T dot com. And you can check out my shop. There you'll see a shop called Arbo Artifacts where I have some t-shirts for sale that will help the uh, show. As well as my wife's Etsy store which is called Poem Jewelry Design. And Poem actually stands for Power of Each Moment. So please check out that store because she sells a lot more than jewelry there and it's really cool and amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm her husband. I'm saying it because it's true. And finally, if you can, please become a patron. Thank you for the people who are patrons so far. Thank you so much. And I hope to see everyone um, join if they can. And please join me every Tuesday for a new episode of The Quid Toss Factor. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. 
Thanks so much for listening to The Quintetaz Factor with Michael J. Arbaway. We'll catch you next time. time.